Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's podcast is our first episode as part of the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. So big thanks to Chris and the whole Sidious team for having us. Uh, our guest this week is John Green, a Georgetown University alum, uh, former Saucony professional runner, uh, Massachusetts native and high school rival of mine, and now uh, coach of Molly Seidel, who will be running the London Marathon this weekend, which we talk about extensively in our episode. Um, we're joined by co-host Jeff Silas, where we talked about uh, all sorts of topics, from our hot takes on London to our favorite fall activities uh, and best cross-country memories. Uh, you'll definitely enjoy the episode. Um, like, subscribe, follow, wherever you can do things of that sort. And uh, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. to run your mouth long run talk for long talking runners i'm your host david Melly. uh long awaited i guess return to the the pod um here with uh my co-host and our provider of canned rosé <laughs> how are you jeff doing well happy to be here just trying to be a good roommate of David Melly with the, the canned rosé here. Uh, I would say that that's a good roommate of anybody. You can't go wrong with a little canned rosé. You can't go wrong, but only in that you forget that it's a can of wine, and then you drink like three of them, and you just drank a lot of wine. Um, but yes, our guest this week, uh, fellow Boston resident, uh, Massachusetts native, Georgetown alum, John Green. How you doing, John? Doing well. Hanging in there. How about yourself? Oh, you know, it's been a weird week and a weird uh, year. <laughs> say so. That sounds yeah, about right. I think, uh, you know, it's been interesting for everybody. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we can at least get look forward to running this weekend. Running happening is always a good thing. Nice early Very race. <laughs> yeah, early yeah, morning race. I oh, look forward to that. Um, Banking is, uh, sleep already. <laughs> well, I practiced by uh, getting ready for speed projects. So. <laughs> I literally thought that same thing. Yeah, we. Not this is the first uh, the first recording we've done since the speed project. Jeff uh, was part of the winning team. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the speed project is a thirty-one hour. 300 mile relay race that was remote this year, so we just did it here in Boston, um, which of course means hitting up your friends to volunteer for this new project, which means waking up at three in the morning to bike around the temple. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds worse than running in a lot of ways. Uh, strong disagree. <laughs> but uh, how many miles did you end up running? Uh, about 63. Yeah, 63 <laughs> in, in what, miles six hours? Yeah, in yeah. basically two days. That's, um, I will take the biking. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot nicer. But yeah, what is the, uh, what's the, so the women's starting time is 2 a.m., right? 215, I think. Oh, well, that, that no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. You get an extra 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> I don't know what these are So alarm's going off around 2.14? <laughs> yeah, we'll totally be fine. Um, 
That's, yeah, and then the, well, so it's totally separate races, which I didn't realize until, like, three days ago. So the men get, what, 5.15 or something like it's that? It's the yeah. three-hour difference that I saw. Is Molly gonna... can't even watch the, like, men's race. She has they're to, they're, they're, they're really moving so... them from the, like, course and, like, taking them back to, like, their hotel area. Wow. Yeah. Those dirty Americans, man. <laughs> bringing our COVID all over the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, well, and so, do we, I don't know, I haven't looked at the forecast, like, it's going to be raining and like 50 degrees i think and okay. so it's going to be london yeah it's <laughs> interesting yeah it's it's um, not going to be super pleasant but yeah well that'll be fun anything as long as it uh doesn't have however much gain the trials course had. i know yeah it's gonna be flat at least which is exciting yeah that's that'll be a lot fun. of right turns i think i think they're going the right direction i don't know maybe they go right turns well that'll be good that's tempo loop direction <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> We've been practicing well this yeah. for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever been to London? I have not, no. Jeff? No. Yeah, it would, I would like to go sometime. I've heard London's cool. Um, I was actually trying to think about this. Um, what is... Did you, did you run at World Juniors one year? Yeah, so, in Eugene. Oh, it was just in Eugene? Yeah, it was in Eugene. Like, <laughs> I was going to ask, what is the farthest away from home that you've raced? I raced Edinburgh. Okay. As a, like, in college, and so that was, like... That you was, still didn't go to that's London? That's a good one. Oh, I went into... I flew into Dublin, and then uh, Dublin to Edinburgh. So, skipped, skipped over London. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never been... What's the furthest you've raced, Jeff? I, I did Berlin, which is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> would recommend that as well, but also my first time, time seeing Kipchoge live in action. <laughs> Thank as I was, like, cramping up and stumbling over myself at the finish line. Right? I literally, like, my leg cramped up and I fell over at the finish line and Kipchoge just, like, trotted over me, like, celebrating. <laughs> I mean, he was done for, like, a half hour, so. <laughs> I, I realize he's 5'6". Really? really? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. super small, yeah. Well, they're all I did not, either, I did yeah. not know. I figured he was, like, yeah, six Dominating presence. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, like, anytime you see, like, a normal-sized person in those races, like, certain people where it's, like, you think, like, they're huge, but it's not that they're huge, it's that they're normal size. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, a good example. Like, like Shalane Flanagan. Like, mm. Shalane is tiny, and, like, she looks really, like, tall and lanky next to all the, like, 80-pound Ethiopian women she yeah. raises. Like, I had that realization <laughs> my first marathon ever. I just didn't really have much of a plan and just ended up in the elite pack <laughs> of women, and I've never felt bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Just drafting. It was, do, it's but honestly, nothing. in my head, I, I like kind of panicked, and I was like, I don't want to interfere with their race, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just stay behind them. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. Well, what is, uh, my, by the way, I've raced in Japan, so that's the... Oh, okay. That will always is that the, be the part... Yeah, the Ekaden. So Ekaden, yeah. I think just by sheer, like, math, <laughs> once I go to Australia, you win. I think that's the farthest away anyone could be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was going to say before we, before we get deep into the dive, um, not counting our friend Molly, but, uh, what is your, what's your hot take for London? Have you looked at the fields at all? Any, uh, any fun predictions? I think there, I think there's definitely going to be some lapping and I'm kind of excited to see that. Like how long is the course? 1.3 miles. Okay. So that's not even crazy. There will definitely be lapping. There's definitely going to be lapping. And so I'm curious if there's going to be people getting in each other's way. Like, is there track etiquette at this point? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, are they just going to paint some lanes for people to like step aside? Or just, I wonder if even like, I mean, even much more so than, um, like track races, like 
you could be a very, like, it, you could conceivably, like, be getting lapped and latch onto a pack. Oh, like, yeah, and then just, yeah, like, right. for, like, a while, like, yeah. start racing and so have another lap yeah. to go. Yeah, because normally if you get lapped in a track race, it's, like, going so badly that, like, you're not really going to be able to hang with the leaders. Yeah. Like, but, like, with marathons, like, you totally could be, what, Something like, 10, what, 15 minutes, minutes like, six minutes down. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if the leaders are running to a four pace and you're running to ten pace, like, yeah. it probably would still be helpful to you. To yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> yeah, pull like, what was it? I remember John Murray in uh, in high school was getting lapped by Cesarek, and then at the last minute started sprinting because he thought he was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, thought he ran, like, I eight don't know my God. Like, that, Oh, it's incredible. I find that you should yeah. definitely check it out. It is. <laughs> I tweeted the other day, because Jared Ward tweeted, like, uh, posted that thing about, like, oh, if I don't get lapped, I'll, like, run really well. Yeah. First of all, based on the times, it sounds like he could both get lapped and run really well. Sure, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, he could run 208 and get lapped. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, they run 201 at the front, which is definitely possible. Yeah. Like, for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I tweeted out, I was like, oh, like, who's the best person you've been lapped by? And, like, I, I've i been lapped by Cesarek and Brzezbikas at Nationals <laughs> in high school, but what I neglected to mention in the tweet was that not only did I get lapped, I almost got double lapped. <laughs> because it was an indoor race. And I was running really badly and had the flu, and so, like, they almost... I think it like it was just like I barely held them off from <laughs> they were kicking. And I, like, what distance had, are we talking? It was a two mile. <laughs> okay. So like they ran like you know eight forty and I ran like nine thirty. Yeah. It was not a great day, but like um, yeah, it was it was pretty close towards the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's a good take, Jeff. Do you have a hot take? Oof. Um, I don't know about a hot take, but I just like really want to see like I finally want to see that tight battle on the men's side mm-hmm. between the two favorites. Like, it's been hyped for years and years, and it's just, like, never come to be. So, I want to see, like, a lean at the line. <laughs> Kipchoge for the win. <laughs> I, that's funny that you say that, because I was thinking about this on the way over here, and my hot take um, is the exact opposite of that, which is that I think Bekele is going to finish, but not get second. Because I think that there's a lot of guys in this race, I was, like, reading the preview the other day, and, like, there's a lot of guys in the race who are, like, you know, kind of nearing the top of their bounce from their, from what it looks like, and, like, there's just guys who run 202, like, there's guys who, like, have won their last three marathons in pretty fast times, and, like, I think everyone's expecting it to either be, like, Clash of the Titans or, like, Bekele drops out, but, like, I think there is a third possibility where he gets, like, third or fourth, but still runs really fast time because there's... It's I think like, it's it is a really stacked field. Yeah. I'm curious to see what kind of fitness everybody but like, everybody I guess, have to Yeah, the follow-up there is, do you think there's anyone else who could hang with, like, Kipchoge? I mean, he's had some close calls in the last... I mean, it's silly to say, because, like, he's just, like, the GOAT, and it, like, it isn't even worth, like, yeah. being, like, oh, like, he could probably... Like, I wouldn't pick a person, but, like, he's probably one of the few, if only, people where, like, it's a safe bet to do Kipchoge versus the field. Yeah. And, like, at a certain point, that's going to stop being true. And, like, it's, like, uh, I don't know, it's, like, he he had guys with him at whatever, it was London last year, or one of them, yeah. like, um, where, you know, there was guys with him 24 miles into the race, and, like, he hasn't ever really been seriously challenged, but, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility at this point, like... And, like, I think, frankly, 
I think if anything, people are like, oh, I don't know how the pandemic is going to like affect <laughs> or whatever. But it's like, if you ask me, like, if anything, I think it helps Kipchoge more than anyone else because, like, it's from an outsider's perspective, at least. It seems like he's, he'll be so consistent, like, no matter what happens. And, like, other <laughs> be happy people training, just don't have thing. that, like, <laughs> mental fortitude to just, like, yeah. train no matter what. So, like, I feel like, if anything, he's probably in a better situation than he norm- already it's normally fair, yeah. is. Um, but you never know. Like, the next, that's a good point, then. So I was looking, the next, like, fastest PR, so third fastest PR in the group is 202.55. Is that Garamu or whatever? Uh, yeah, Garamu. Yeah, he's, like, really good, though, and hasn't actually yeah. run that many. So I'd be curious to see, like, how he stacks up in it, so... Yeah, if it's yeah. at all a conservative pace, like, through the half, there'll be a pack there. Yeah. Which, yeah. I guess, is, yeah, more indicative of, like, a close race, whereas, like, the women's side will be interesting because it'll just be interesting to see, like, how it develops, right? Like, with, um, with like, such differences in, like, PRs coming in, it's, like, what kind of shape are people in? <laughs> like, well, the women's side, too, like, I just feel like there is... Now that somebody has run 214, like, there's such a wide range at the top where it's, like, with the men, it's, like, you know, probably the top, I don't know, let's say 15 guys in the world or whatever. It's, like, you know, 201 guys to 204 guys. And, like, if you're a 204 guy, you can go out in 61 and, like, you'll be fine. Like, but the women, it's, like, oh, no, like, there's someone in this race who ran 214 and, like... You could be five minutes slower and still be one of the top five marathoners in the world. And, yeah. like, you like if you try to go at a pace five minutes faster than your marathon pace, like, that'll, you'll be fucked. So, like, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see, like... Maybe that's the hot take there, is that one of those, you know, 217, 218 women, like, goes for it and... Well, I mean, I don't so think you said like Molly for the win? Or 227 women. <laughs> yeah, 227 women. <laughs> 214. 214. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like my hot take is that, like, I feel like it is that, like, people always said, like, it's like, oh, people broke four after Bannister because, like, people just didn't think it was possible before. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it's not even a hot take, but it's like, now that someone's run 214, like well, see a lot more, like, you know, 216s, which was, like, an unheard of time before Chicago last year, you know? Like, I think that'll be, that'll be what, like, we'll see more than anything else, but it'll be interesting. Also, like, you know, not to speculate, but, like, check back in 10 years. We'll see what the drug tests are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see where we end up in that sense, yeah. but... Yeah, I'm curious to see if they actually run fast, being that it's going to be wet conditions. There's quite a bit of right-hand turns. I mean, there's basically four, Yeah. So are the turns tight, or is it, it more, seems like, like they're Two are going to be tight, and then two are, like, more... Seem like can be more, like, roundabout-ish, gotcha. um, from what I saw. But it's... I mean, there's... We'll see how that, like, affects yeah, things. If it gets slippery over two down. plus hours, that's a well, lot of... Well, weirdly, my, right. I was thinking about this, because my hip was bothering me on my run today, like... Um, if, I, I hate to say it disadvantages the Nike runners, but <laughs> if the Vaporflies have one downside, it's that they're very, they have a very smooth tread, 
and they're like pretty hard to like take sharp turns. The yeah. alpha flies in particular are like very bad at like cornering. Yeah, so that would be interesting from that perspective. And again, you know, smart money's on Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Molly has like a good stride for it too, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like I feel like people who are taking more loping strides are gonna right. be like. I don't know. It's going to yeah. be a lot more pressure. Like the turn. Maybe there's going to be falls. That's going to be like... Oof. That could be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be like week one of the Tour de France <laughs> running edition. Or, or falls that people are able to then... Like falls early. It's like you could stay in the race. Like, yeah. You know, like... Um, was a couple years ago? With Mo in the 5K or 10K when Galen yeah, jumped right. that. Yeah. yeah, I was even yeah. thinking, I think it was Kim Moore at like World Half, like tripped on the starting line. Really? Like, yeah. Still like caught up to people or whatever, so. It's a long race, that's for damn sure. Exactly. <laughs> it's not oh, quite yeah. as long as speed running, but it's, it's pretty damn long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just feel like, are they, do you know, are they going to have a lap counter? I don't. I <laughs> oh my god! I mean, they're asking if there's there's a two twenty five guy I think in the men's field, and so like he's gonna get lapped a few times, and so they're guess, gonna have to have people like keeping track. Like I don't know, it's, it's not even really that many more laps. It's actually fewer laps than a track ten k because it'll probably just be like twenty three laps it's, or something. It's, I think it's does it come out evenly yeah. in kilometers though? Because in terms of like tracking, it'll be interesting to see. Like, oh, is there yeah. just like a a mat? Every like hundred yeah. meters, <laughs> different like. Well, I guess it's splits. probably a little more than two k. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, which is yeah, I'm assuming they'll just do do track. I haven't actually done every lap. Now. I'm sure they have yeah. done that. Yeah. <laughs> we get a hundred meter splits for everything. Yeah. Spot on. Oh my god. I'm losing like, my mind. Like, she's slow. She's fast. Yeah. She's slow. She's fast. <laughs> In like the track races, they're doing the instantaneous oh, yeah. like, kilometers oh, per like, hour. This, this person is. This far the behind. Of this yeah, two meters back. Three meters back. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Don't even that's too really much knowledge. knowledge. That's too, yeah, it's <laughs> too much data. We don't need that. Just... Yeah, although they better have, like, no good Cameras. video coverage, because it's like, you have no excuse not to. For use. sure. You only have to cover 2K of a course. Like... Yeah, like, I feel like you could just do, like, quadrants on, like, the TV or something like that. That would be perfect, because there's going to be basically four groups out there. Oh, my God. You know what they need is Mario Kart style. They need, <laughs> oh, they need the, the feed, but then they also need the little <gasps> map with the icon going around. Yes. <laughs> you could probably, Choose like, shoot ship technology, you could probably do that these days. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's gonna, yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting to watch and see how, like, it all plays out with, like, yeah. yeah. Being in, after being in a bubble, they can only run on, like, a 40-acre field basically and so <laughs> that's the true mental test right yeah that, that's the hardest thing stuck about in a thing. bubble it's it's for a week before this <laughs> yeah. although we, people keep saying bubble and i'm picturing like you know fully just like like yeah. when they set up the what? temporary bubble in like football fields and stuff like by bubble they mean like beautiful english countryside hotel very true <laughs> so, but yeah. even like mo- listening to like molly talk about like the precautions and stuff of like you literally have trackers where if you get close to another person then like it goes off <laughs> like yeah. that's so... that's at least mentally a bubble yeah it's, it's wild she was like i she showed like there's locks on the door so she can't like open like windows and all. <laughs> so she can't like escape or whatever. What's crazy to me what? is that like I mean it'll be I mean good for them. Like honestly it's yeah, like I mean, if you're if you have the resources and you have 
the ability and you're going to put on, like, a race in a pandemic, like, you should be doing, like, everything like that. But, like, it is... You would think that after a certain amount of, like, time after your test, they'd be like, okay, well, like, we can just relax it then. But then I also feel like it kind of goes both ways where it's, like, God forbid, like, people from the UK get the athletes sick. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of goes, like, it's like you're keeping your visitors safe as much as you're, as much as they joke about the dirty Americans, too. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely unusual. Um, so I, I, I feel like I'm sure I will have said this in the intro by the time that this goes up. But John coaches Molly Seidel, <laughs> who's running um, London this weekend. Um, and uh, John, of course, uh, is you know he's a good coach because 100% of the athletes he's coached uh, make the Olympics. So reverse causality there. <laughs> yeah. Um, if John coaches you, you will make the Olympics. <laughs> It's true, yes. Uh, Welcome to anyone new client. I was going to say, I'm going to take let's, new clients. Let's in like three and a half years. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I guess before we get into like run your mouthy stuff, like how has how has it been to, to coach Molly for her second marathon and, and under the possibly the most unusual circumstances? It's been fun, yeah. I mean, we just were like... We, as David knows and Jeff knows, we put on a uh, 10K, or there's a few races actually, out in uh, more central mass earlier this summer, um, and Molly actually had a fall the day before and like separated her shoulder or tore a rotator cuff, something like that. So um, she ended up dropping out, but like we were prepping for track stuff at one point, so that was fun, and then basically uh, wanted to do a marathon this fall, didn't know what we are going to get, and so started up building up mileage a little bit, and then eight weeks before London, we found out that we were going to race London, and so got super stoked and jumped right into marathon training, and that was about it, yeah, so it was definitely more abbreviated, um, training build-up compared to the trials, where that was, like, almost, like, 20 weeks long or something like that, so... Although um, you guys still... Was it 20 weeks? Because you, you decided pretty late that Molly was going to run trials, right? Yeah, but we had been doing a build for uh, the Houston Marathon. Oh, that's right, yeah. And we instead, what we did was we did the half at Houston. And so then, anything had longer than the normal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we had plenty of time. And so this time it's super short. But um, based off of the workout she was doing, um, we did a couple of the same workouts. And I think she, she ran faster, like, on those and so excited to see what she can do and obviously it'd be a faster course so hopefully we'll get a new PR out of it which would be exciting so and more experience which is what we like <laughs> are most focused on is just <laughs> going out and running especially if um the Olympics or anything similar to like what's going to happen in uh, uh London right now where there's a bubble and uh super shut off and a well, time of like COVID precautions course wise it's like you're getting you're getting basically the two most different courses in your first two marathons. Um, so exactly. it's good to kind of test the, spin the wheels at every kind of within one distance, every scenario that you can possibly get. So. And Sapporo is super flat. So this is going to be a good, like, like yeah. show kind of of what, what will hopefully come in the future. So, and I guess you're kind of better off actually in a weird way than most like pro groups. Cause it's just the, to you guys for the mm-hmm. most part in terms of like facilitating workouts and stuff so uh, in terms of gathering size and safety like you, you hopefully would be like a less I mean everybody was disrupted but less disrupted than 
you would normally be uh, in, a, in a practice scenario in the past couple of months. Yeah, no, it's been like, I mean, obviously there was some disruption, but other than that, like it's been like still running, need for practice and stuff like that. Like it's mostly just Molly and I or uh, Chris Patu who runs for the BAA, so um, who helps out sometimes. And so, yeah, it's been basically like us two or three, which is like. Super small group for the most part, which is which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and COVID safe. Yeah. <laughs> See, most important. You did you mentioned some of those like key workouts that you use as like fitness trackers, I guess. Yeah. Um how did you adjust the training based on like the course and like the race circumstances this between trials? So we didn't actually like not not much in all honesty. Um we were able to do more marathon specific workouts and um the workout load was like more dense during this build where she was able to keep higher mileage for longer and like higher intensity with workouts and stuff instead of like kind of filler workouts um but like going into the trials uh i kind of sat molly down and was like we're not going to do like hill specific stuff like we're not going to go out and do hill repeats or anything like that i think it works a different system so there's no real point in it with that being said we're not going to go out and like avoid hills like we're not going to just try to run on like flat tracks we're going to like we're going to do like a hilly long run like that's fine and we'll push the hills and stuff like that but other than that like not much has changed from training in that aspect so yeah nice. we'll see how that works and like we'll see on saturday yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but so i'm excited I, is, is, I i'm sure that you've answered some of these questions before in yeah, different contexts but like obviously you're pretty like new to coaching yeah. um how do you plan for like like design training plans like are you basically just are you reading a bunch of like materials or like going off of things that have worked for like you in the past like what's your what's your creative process uh basically i go off of what like have worked with me in the past um i've had a few different coaches during like my career and so kind of going off of what worked from different coaches and stuff like that a lot of it's um i take from my college coach brandon bonzi who's still at georgetown and also, like, in the build-up, uh, I ended up reading uh, Ben Rosario and uh, Scott Bobble's book, uh, <laughs> Inside a Marathon, I think Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. read that, and then, like... But t- we're okay promoting that, because they came on the podcast with a whole episode <laughs> promoting okay. it, so this is, like, a... Yeah. <laughs> we can... We, of all the other people to plug, we can plug them. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, I read that book, and then I also talked with Mike Smith um of NAU who was at Georgetown for a period as well also uh Central Mass Mass native so um yeah so that's kind of like where I pull knowledge from and then also um feedback from like the athlete himself like if they're saying that they're super tired or they feel like they don't have leg speed and stuff like that taking that into account and trying to work that into it um to some degree and making sure that like the athlete also feels prepared and that their the training is centered around them. I think you're you're blessed in that like I I guarantee that Molly is not afraid to tell you how she feels. <laughs> oh yeah, no, which is like which is what I want. Like <laughs> so which works really well. It's interesting, like do you ever we won't we won't let Molly listen to this before the race, <laughs> but like do you ever have moments where you're just like, oh, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing? <laughs> um there's definitely times where um like it'll come down between like two different workouts and it's like not sure which one to go with and stuff like that, but then kind of going with one and like having it work well. Like actually right before the trials, and Molly knows this too, was like, and because we've talked about it, is like the, so the trials was on Saturday, 
we did a workout the Friday before, so not the day before, like a, whatever it is, uh, eight days before. And she was like, we were just trying to do two miles of marathon pace, just repeats at like, with like 90 seconds, two minute rest. And it was just super hard for her. And so I was like, oh no, I screwed it up. Like it's all going downhill, but it was just hitting the taper properly basically. And so that was like, and the Tuesday before that, she was like, felt terrible as well. And so like, we've talked a lot about taper crazies on the podcast over the years. Like that's definitely a thing. They're so real. Yeah. Especially that marathon pace is such a fine line of like <laughs> when you're when you're set and ready for it, you can obviously do it for two plus hours, but there's days where it feels like you're sprinting out there. Yeah. Oh my god. I've had I my were... fair share of workouts <laughs> like after a mile at marathon pace. You're just like I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm humbling. Screw this. I quit. I did before CIM, like I did exactly that, which is like two two or three weeks out I did a sixteen mile simulation. <laughs> And, like, felt so good. Like, felt like I could have run forever at that <laughs> pace. And then, in fairness, I had food poisoning that week, so not ideal. <laughs> but I did, like, my last workout before CIM, like, four days out or whatever. Literally, I was doing four miles at marathon pace. And I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. How am I supposed to do this for two It's wild. Hours? Like, every like, aspect of life just gets hard. Like, yeah. I remember doing strides, like, before cross, and you're like, oh, I'm fucked. Like, (laughs) we're done. Like, how am I supposed to even, like, run this for 400? Well, that's also a getting older thing, too, where it's like, the older I get, the more I'm like, I want to feel shitty the day before a race. Yeah, that's how you know. Like, that's how you know, like, we, like, I've always joked, like, some of the, um, like, the BU races or the the (laughs) Twilight races where they're in the evening, I'm like, I know I'm an old (laughs) runner because, like, my like I'm so banged up all the time and then my legs get right so soon before actually <laughs> racing that like being in the evening versus being in the morning actually makes a difference. Big difference. difference. <laughs> like, it yeah. was, I've definitely had races where I'm like, my calves are not ready to go if this was at nine AM, <laughs> but if it's at nine PM I'll be good. Like, yeah. That's like ten K runners. We do it at night. We do it like pen relays goes pen off relay at like eleven thirty at night. Did you guys ever run best Stanford in high school or in college? Sorry. Yeah. Like that because that's also the East Coast West Coast thing. So you're like <laughs> you start at ten p.m. West Coast, <laughs> West which is like one a.m. and you're like my your body's just like fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I'm never sleeping again. <laughs> yeah, you don't sleep the rest of the night. You're yeah. just like awake. Spend coffee yeah, at 10 you, p.m. You've had seven shots of espresso, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, see, that's why I was always grateful to be a steeplechaser and not a 10 k There you go. Because that was always just like, you're like, oh, yeah, 2 p.m., like, we're good. And then see what everybody else is up to. Um, do you- I'm, I'm curious to, uh, to bring that back to London with yeah. the taper crazies. I definitely, like, feel for Molly being alone in a bubble during that. Yeah. How is a, how have a coach have you kind of like addressed that and tried to like keep her in the loop and like make her feel calm and collected yeah i mean we've like texted throughout this basically like just making sure everything's feeling good like i was out in flagstaff for like two weeks basically and so just we were obviously like working together super closely there versus like in the build-up for the trials she literally was in flagstaff the whole time and i was in boston and so we basically started working together. Like I saw her first workout, like after sh- after the trials, which is like kind of funny and wild. <laughs> so yeah, basically like throughout this whole thing has just been like eh, everything's fine. Like obviously 
you're going to feel kind of bad during a taper and especially like running around only like 40 acres. It's kind of like mind numbing and makes you hypersensitive to things. And so like realizing that. And so we talked a little bit about race strategy on Tuesday of this week after a workout, uh, talk race strategy. And then tomorrow I'll probably give her a quick call and just kind of, um, so that's Friday, go over, uh, like what the plan is and kind of reiterate it. And that like, everything's good and we're just going to go out and race and like hang tough and like other than that like racing tough is racing tough and that's all that like we can do so for sure yeah that's awesome so yeah that's how gonna be the, that's gonna be like the word for word just like yeah, i should have just recorded that, that and just send it to her listen to the pod. <laughs> yeah, that's hey thing. listen to the podcast Mom, tune in. i'm pretty busy today um, <laughs> yeah. download the podcast. Recording. Yeah. but no i guess the follow-up um as a coach, round two versus round one, how are you doing a few days before before the big race? Lot lot less stressed. I'm yeah. also not there, <laughs> but we'll see tomorrow at like ten PM. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go sleep tomorrow, just in case like something comes up or anything like that. That way like Molly needs to call or text or whatever, I'll be up mm-hmm. instead of like sleeping at twelve in the night or whatever. So um yeah, so a lot less stressed, but we'll see how it goes tomorrow. For sure. Cause I was up at like three in the morning on like the day before the trials. So. I was gonna say like right. I I always felt like when I uh, when I've rabbited people in the past, I get like more nervous for pacing oh, than yeah. I do for my own races, and I just feel like that must go so much more so like coaching where it's like you would always uh, I I oh I've consistently been more stressed about other people's races than my own. So same I definitely like, yeah. More stressed. I was stressed out of my mind. You guys, I don't know if I saw you the morning. I saw you guys afterwards, like at the bar and stuff. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, <laughs> well, it's like just stressed out of my mind. Out of yeah. You. yeah. Yeah. Like people were like handing me drinks. I was like, I, I don't need drinks right now. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna have a panic attack if I like <laughs> drink too much. <laughs> yeah. That like definitely, especially <laughs> just pe- being removed from people i think that also can sometimes like increase it too where you're like uh i not that i have any control over the situation but now i really don't have any control over the situation like, <laughs> i've definitely felt that way about like things like um like even like grandma's like when we were going to like grandma's i feel like i was so all the guys doing the full marathon like you and lou and those guys i'm like the fact that they're just going to be away and, like, just, I can't do anything about it if anything goes wrong, like, I know I'm also racing, but, um, yeah, definitely, uh, creates an interesting situation. Yeah. I didn't, I, this is totally non-sequitur, but I didn't realize Mike Smith was from Massachusetts. Where is he from? He's from Princeton, I believe. He went to Wachusa. I know he went to Wachusa. I think he's from Princeton. Well, so that actually was going to segue into one of the things I wanted to ask you as a Massachusetts native. Um, also it's been very, uh, it's, it's October, it's, the leaves are turning early this year, it's yeah. been very, like, fall vibes recently, mm-hmm. and of course, like, that always makes me think of cross country. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was gonna ask, uh, both of you, but especially John, the Massachusetts native, like, <laughs> what is your, um, what's your favorite cross country course to run on? Like, anywhere? Uh, either in, in Massachusetts or anywhere. Okay. Uh, in Massachusetts. anywhere, too, yeah. In Massachusetts, I really like Gardner. It was our like it was it was Central Mass's regional course or whatever. So I liked I like Gardner. Franklin Park is really fun for the five k. 
The AK is horrible. I hate the AK. <laughs> it sucks. The AK, once you go into the woods the second time, you're like, we're still doing this. Gets very low. No, I hate... There's so many right-hand turns. That's the issue. Is like, taking right-hand turns in college at speed is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, in a pack and stuff, that's not the fun. The sharp one at Franklin is not fun. Although you say that, but your favorite course is Gardner. And the worst part of Gardner is running down that mountain where you're like, oh, yeah. if I don't keep running, I'm going to start rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is like... I think it's fun because it's so quick and like I remember going out super fast because it's downhill and then uphill and then everybody just dies. I've only well, run there once and I didn't have a good day, so I don't have <laughs> the memories of Gardner. But it's it's on a golf course and there are parts um, of it that uh, rolling would not be accurate. Uh, like cliff diving would <laughs> yeah. be a more accurate. Part. Yeah, like jumping off Falling of dunes and, climbing. and then <laughs> climbing back up a dune, basically. Yeah, but what's where's yours? Oh, I'd say, so Massachusetts, I think I would give it to Franklin, yeah. just because it's, it's just the epitome of cross-country in so, so many ways, like, many <laughs> the, not many, so, to be yeah. fair, <laughs> um, actually, there are a couple of good ones, the, the Williams home course, um, is really nice, too, it's, it's actually kind of in a very similar way, like, you know, you have your open fields, you have your, like, windy trails, you have your, like, notable hills and stuff, um, Probably my all-time favorite, though, will be the nostalgia factor of Lehigh University. Um, Good old Paul Short. Great oh. Paul Short. <laughs> I also, so I, I went to high school and grew up in, in that area in Pennsylvania, so that's, uh, we'd race there, like, several times every year, so. Paul um, Short is always brings me back. weather-dependent course, though. Like, you're going to have a very different day there, depending For on sure. like, what happens. Outrageous. <laughs> it goes from, like, the the you know, time trial golf course to if it yeah. rained the night before, you need to put in inch spikes and yeah. you will run two minutes slower. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I'm still traumatized from uh, club naps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that looked awful. That actually just looked horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like, <laughs> yeah. something. Um, yeah, that's like, I guess that's that's a good question is like, what are the worst cross-country conditions you've ever run in? That. <laughs> uh... Wait, for you, I feel like you, David, it was, like, has to be Northeast region. Like, cross-country. I feel like in, was it Albany? It's always horrendous. <laughs> oh, like in college. In college, uh, yeah. I avoided, there's, there, yeah, I never raced at the Buffalo one, because there was the first, I think the only time I did it when I was in college was my freshman year, and I didn't make the regionals team that year. Yeah. Um. So I never, like, I, I don't think... The only time I've had it snow on me in a cross-country race is actually in Lexington, Kentucky at Club Nats. Um, snow I, isn't bad, though. Just, like, light snow is fine. Yeah, snow is better than, like, 35-degree rain. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which, like, that, uh, there was a race my junior year, so it was your freshman year, I think, um, Eastern Regionals at Franklin Park, where it had just, it was pouring buckets of rain. And I distinctly remember, like, the way the district races work in, like, Massachusetts is the eastern races, there's there's several of them. So, like, you get to, like, you get to the course and, like, you haven't even warmed up yet. There's another, like, race going on. And I remember we showed up and we are walking up to the course and there's a giant mud puddle right in front of us, like, about, you know, probably a mile and a half in. And... The, this race is coming through and the leaders come through <laughs> and the guy in like first or second place just like fully wipes out and goes 
entirely under the water. <laughs> like, his body disappeared. Like, <laughs> And, like, then he, like, got up and, like, kept going, obviously. And, like, we just, like, are all standing there having just arrived, just, like, looking down at, like, the puddle, just, like, Okay, <laughs> alright. Like, not only do we have to do this, we have to do this in like two more hours worth of like rain and people tearing up the course. Jesus. <laughs> and like, I think that has to be the. It wasn't, I don't remember being that cold, but like, that was literally like the majority of the 5K was like ankle to knee high mud. <laughs> that's awesome. See, that's what some people say is like real cross country, and that is an absolute lie. Like no, yeah, yeah, that. no, yeah, it's not real cross. Like I raced Edinburgh, and it was literally like mid, like above the ankle. Uh, like that's mud. like being like it's not real track if it's not ninety five degrees. Like what yeah, the, no, no. no, things don't have to be miserable to me. Like no, it could be enjoyable yeah. and like kind of fast. Like yeah, give some pace change. It lets the ten k runners like show up for one season. Yeah. Oh lord. Yeah, I mean that was like when you guys had um the speed project like i was just thinking about like these stars that you got like 31 hours of like perfect weather i can't overlook that so much i, I feel like the entire week before and after was you know 100 percent humidity oh, like yeah. gross out and then just was perfect yeah that was not fun at all um yeah that was so i guess um my my game if you could even call it a game was that i was again i've been in a very fall mood which is uncharacteristic of me because i'm not a big fall person to begin with really? i'm a big summer guy Ooh. i love summer falls um but i'm not a, like i'm not one of those like fall is the best season <laughs> um but i was thinking about like fall like the fall off like classic superlatives so i had a couple of them that i wanted to run run through you guys um so like first one obviously is like favorite place to run in the fall mystic river I just discovered it. It's incredible. It's, yeah, by far. That's a good one. Um, I'd probably go with one of the reservoirs, like maybe Chestnut Hill Res, just I feel like I run there so just much. Loops. loops. I love a good loop, <laughs> but I feel like when you run somewhere like consistently through a season and then it changes, you just like appreciate that change a lot. So yeah. I would say that's the Chestnut Hill Res for me. Yeah, I think for me it's Walden Pond and Concord and mm-hmm. like Fairyland. If you ever run around there, like those trails over by where the Rose House like actually is, like that. Those are like that's the best fall foliage you'll ever get. Um, favorite fall activity, non running wise. Um, Given that we are going to a pumpkin carving later, um, <laughs> I felt like this is timely. <laughs> uh, apple picking. I feel like yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a, like, apple cider donuts. Like I said, I think my favorite is apple pie baking. Um, oh, afterwards, Which yeah. segues into one of our other questions. But. Oh, yeah, it's the whole process, I feel like, of this, yeah, like, going outside and, like, picking apples and then getting, like, cold and all worked up and then, like, coming back in, like, a warm house and, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I changed my smells. answer, actually, though. I'm changing my answer to campfires. Like, Spurs. fall campfires. Oof. Can't go wrong with that. And like mold wine. That was that's, always, the next question was favorite <laughs> fall drink. Yeah. Um, as we sip sparkling rose, which in fairness I feel like is more of a summer drink than Definitely. a fall drink. Um, um, yeah, favorite yours? fall drink, mold wine. You're gonna, that's what you're going with? You're going to go with a hottie toddy, nice bourbon. I've heard you're a huge should, bourbon fan. Well, yeah. <laughs> on the record, I'm working on it. <laughs> my boyfriend is listening. I love bourbon. Um, <laughs> I'm trying, Zach. <laughs> um, 
But no, I mean, I actually don't mind a hot toddy. I was gonna say I, I do think uh, not mulled wine, but mulled cider. Ooh. Like get like real like spicy hot cider, like with alcohol fireball. or not alcohol, it doesn't even yeah. matter. Like, yeah, you're good taking way. the words out of my mouth. Just hot <laughs> apple cider with like a cinnamon stick, a little oh yeah, yeah. That's definitely can't go wrong with like just, just amazing. See, yeah. how can you not be a fall guy? Like it's great. I appreciate I mean, yeah, fall I, more and more every year. It's so much better. <laughs> fall didn't involve the days getting shorter. I would fuck mm. with fall. Like, that is very I think sad. The, my mm. big thing is like I really don't like the feeling of like it getting colder and the days getting shorter and like the inexorable march towards like winter slash death, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Um, but like. Yeah, I mean, fall has some good times in it, but, like, it's, yeah, it's the uh, the darkness closing in around you, both literally and metaphorically, that I'm not a fan of. Well, like, I know you work for the government. It's not your exact department, but how can we work on, like, getting rid of daylight savings? That's, well, that's what we need that to work would, on. That would be a question for the legislature. There is always, a bill that is always filed, so technically that is my department. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, but, uh, no, it is. I mean, the thing is, is, like, Daylight savings is weird, because it's always, like, it's, like, when do you want the daylight? But it is, like, horrible in the winter when you just, like, like, they're especially, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, whether it's better or worse being, like, locked in the house, but, like, under normal conditions, it's, like, there are days when I feel like I don't ever go outside in the daylight, because it's, like, dark in the morning, and then it's dark in the evening, and, like... Um, that, that's one that, that's Leaving one of the, in the dark is one of the worst feelings. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'd rather in the morning though, than like, cause if you get out five o'clock and it's like still sunlight, mm-hmm. that's nice. Versus, yeah, just yeah. pitch black. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, With COVID, everything doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Everyone's Time working from home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Um, yeah, that's, uh, I guess my last one was fall food. Like I said, we have covered apple pie, which is my favorite. Yeah, I think food, but. it got us stuck up the roommate and say David's apple pie. <laughs> but no, honestly, I'm a sucker for anything pumpkin. Go to Trader Joe's oh, and, like, get their pumpkin ice cream, and you won't regret it. Apple pie with, like, vanilla ice cream. You can't go wrong. Yeah. That's so, like... Uh, until you've had my homemade whipped cream, let me know whether you prefer... <laughs> both. Um, can I have both? Yeah, both. both yeah. All of it. <laughs> um, yeah, although I will say I'm a sucker for roasted pumpkin seeds as well. Those are delicious. Ooh, interesting. Um, just like a nice little salty snack. Where do you stand on candy corn? Oh, uh, I like candy corn in <laughs> just out, just done. <laughs> reasonable doses. <laughs> like, like a handful per fall. I've made myself look very dumb on this podcast talking about candy corn before. So <laughs> We've talked about candy quiet. corn on the podcast before? Yeah, well, because I said how much I love it. And I said oh. the pumpkins are the best. And then we started getting into like which color segment of the candy corn is the best. <laughs> I do like the candy corn with the the chocolate at the end rather yeah. than the yellow. Mix it um, up. Oh, I I haven't paid. I just like shove a bunch in my mouth and then just like that's it. like that's it. That's it for the fall. I, I hated it after that and like. <laughs> I yeah, well that's the thing is like I'm candy corn is one of those things where I'm like it's kind of like um those like uh those little heart things at Valentine's oh, Day. Yeah. Those are awful. like if Part I come season, across them, <laughs> if they come across my desk. I'll eat and enjoy yeah. it, but like I think if I were to seek it out, I would get tired of it very quickly. Okay. Well, it's one of those. I mean, candy corn's great, but those are the things that like I feel like you eat them for like the yeah the sentimental factor of the seasons. But like you can go years and like you still don't really know if you like it. 
<laughs> there, like this is happening to me. Whether yeah. I enjoy it or not is a whole other question. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are weirdly over scheduled today, so we should wrap it up with uh, our um, last three questions that we ask all our guests. Um, Let's do it. So the first one is your Instagram crush, um, mm. which. Uh, can be interpreted as broadly as you would like, and so, like, doesn't have to be Instagram, doesn't have to be, uh, like, a sexual crush. Like, <laughs> you can just be like, oh, this is a really funny thing I came across on the internet oh. these days. Um, it's terrible, but nature is metal. I don't know if anybody's seen it. I think someone talked about this in the podcast It's before. wild. It is, like, <laughs> absolutely wild. It's just, yeah. People should check it out. Is it like people get like animals like mauling other animals? It's yeah. It's just like basically the feature is like nature is is metal. It is it is wild. It is (laughs) all right. (laughs) Something to be checked out. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, you got an Instagram crush? You're looking up. Yeah, I'm trying to find it because I forget the name because I'm bad with names. But one of our dear friends, Kate Raphael, has a food. Instagram that I recently oh, discovered. Quarantine. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, quarantine tartines. It's that's uh, everything I'm looking for right now. So <laughs> they do look really good. Uh, absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. I will Very say um, this is in a weird way a self interested one because I want them to sponsor me. <laughs> um, but the Down East Cider Twitter <laughs> um, is insane in the best way possible in that like they clearly have given whoever is in charge of the Downey Cider Twitter free reign to just say whatever the hell they want <laughs> and it's very funny um <laughs> and I highly recommend it also Downey Cider is great but like it's it's quite something like okay. you know how, like brands will be like sassy on Twitter and like oh ha 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 like the Wendy's is being mean to the Burger King or whatever. it's like <laughs> No, this is, like, several steps beyond that in terms of just, like, they clearly are just, like, you know what? This is your account. Do whatever you want to do. You can't get fired. Like, um, it's pretty great. That's, like, Denny's. Denny's Instagram is just, like, whoever's running it has just full control, and it's weird. It's just, like, really weird. They really lean into that vibe. Yeah. Um, So our next is your uh, go-to karaoke song. So someone hands you the mic. It's your time to shine. What are you saying? Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to pass. I'm going to go for Jeff on this one so I can think Ooh, about it. Ooh, yeah. This is always where I panic a lot. But yeah, you actually, like, sparked this song in my head when we were talking about um, Halloween, which transitioned to um, Valentine's Day. Okay. And, like, Strathaven, my high school, always did a thing where, like, the vocal group went around and, like, sang Valentine's to people, and you could, like, do them. And one of the so- songs they did was My Girl. By oh. by someone, <laughs> I've got sunshine. Yeah, I, know the but, song. I also don't know who it's by. Yeah, so um, with that minimal information, um, <laughs> I always that song makes me happy. So we're gonna go with that. You call. I'm gonna go with Downtown by Macklemore. I okay. Think. Nice. It's a it's a classic. You could really classic, uh, like lean into it on those that oh, yeah. chorus. Yeah. I will say Jeff um, is gonna kill me for saying this, but. Um, <laughs> I finally memorized yes. the uh, second Megan Thee Stallion verse in WAP, so I now have the full song down. 
So if and when we are ever able to karaoke in a group setting ever again, uh, I will definitely be performing the entirety of it. I heard there's going to be a TikTok. I can guarantee you will hear this song soon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I joked that I should learn the TikTok dance for WAP, but I, my body doesn't do that. Um, <laughs> so you've learned the dance, you just... I mean, I know the dance how to theory, perform the dance. but I don't have the, like, <laughs> flexibility, uh, that would be for required, sure. or, like, butt fat. <laughs> I think, like, I'm limited, I'm physically constrained yeah. at many levels, um, from effectively, the end of the TikTok WAP dance is going into a full split, and, like... <laughs> That's not going to happen when you're running 90 miles a week. It's just not going to happen. So. Um, and last but not least, uh, our death row meal. You're death. going to the chair. Today's uh, your last day. You can eat anything you want. What do you have before you go to the grave? I'm going with some sushi, I think. Yeah, some Ooh, spicy like tuna, sushi. maybe. Yeah, Spicy tuna roll. Yeah. Cool. Some, basic, some basic stuff, but... Nice. Yeah. Gas station. You're gonna try gas, oh, gas yeah, station. Right. There we go. Really yeah. like the... Go out on your own terms. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'll go neighborhood edition. So I'll probably go with a Los Amigos surf and turf burrito, uh, and then finish it off with uh, your apple pie. Since nice. I think it's oh. in the fridge. Um, no, I finished it today. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had two slices. We'll say it. Yeah. It's fruit. It's good. You're yeah, fine. it's healthy. It's good. It's actively good for you. Um, now I'm on the spot. And I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, what have I been really into recently? Um, honestly, I this is not even that exciting, but I do really appreciate like a really good uh, BLT. <laughs> and Didn't see this one coming. And recently... I went somewhere where they had a B-A-L-T with avocado, and that was, like, fucking delicious. So, like, I would say that that, like, like, just, like, a good, like, a a old-style, just a hearty, sourdough. Um, what kind of bread are we going with? That that, that does change it quite a bit. More of, like, I guess with BLTs, like, you kind of do want, like, more of, like, a, like, almost, like, just, like, a hearty white bread is, like, mm-hmm. kind of what you want. So, no wrap. We're situation. not going to the wrap. No, like, you want, like, <laughs> a some thick, fluffy, nice, like a, thick, yeah, fluffy thick, bread. Thick, fluffy yeah. bread is definitely yes. what you want. Soak up the fat and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I'm hungry. I was gonna say, are we getting <laughs> burritos after this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for, uh, coming by and, uh, recording uh, an excellent okay. episode. Um, we'll, once uh, all our predictions are proven right in a couple of days at London, we're going to seem like geniuses. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no pressure, Molly. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure, Molly, but you gotta win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. I get-